1: Hello, 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 everyone. It is actually Brandy England today, not Rebecca Shalon, my fabulous co-host that's been manning the fort for the last little while. Uh, I'm excited to be here with you today because we're talking to a young man who, since he was 13, began to train to help people with their emotional burdens and develop emotional understanding. That's an amazing uh, goal to have at 13. So I'd like to welcome to the so- show, Sebastian Zorila, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Hi, Sebastian. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, uh, Sebastian Landa. So my Landa is my, my last name, Sorria. We have in Mexico two last names. Um, oh, they great. also say the mother's last name, which is Sorilla. My my, mo- my mom is Sandra Sorilla. So that's nice. my
1: It my sounds mom's so much better yeah. when you say it.
2: <laughs> yeah, Sebastian Landa Sorria <laughs> oh, it's, it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Brandy England just doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, you, I mean, you have, it's
1: not that bad. You're you're 24 right now. Is that correct? That's right. That's so amazing, because I know a lot of our young listeners are between 13 and 18. Uh, sometimes their parents or their teachers join in as well. And at 24, you've accomplished a lot. And you started on this journey from the time you were 13 to help people. So can you just tell everyone a little about who you are and your background and how you got on this path?
2: Yeah, of course. So, my um so I come from a, a whole family lineage that was very um very steeped into personal development. And so from a very very early age I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by um I mean mentors. My my mom was a mentor, so I normally the story that I say is uh, my dad's a lawyer and my mom's a mentor. So one taught me to question others. I mean, sorry, my mom is a philosopher. So one, my dad is a lawyer and my mom is a philosopher. So one taught me to question others and the other taught me to question myself. And so from a very early age, you know, mainly because I was a very emotional kid. When I was 11 years old, I was blessed to, uh, have a girl dump me. So like the, so I, you could see, I was like crying for a whole year because I was just so heartbroken and being so incredibly heartbroken. And so going through so many emotional turmoils at a, at a very early age, I started thinking, I need to be a, become a master of my emotions. And so sooner than later, you know what you're looking for finds you, you know? And so I met Dr. John F. Martini, who is um, the top human behavior specialist in the world. And when I was 13, 14 years old, I started understanding a methodology to dissolve emotional charges and to have a greater understanding regarding my hierarchy of values and the things that dictate the way that I perceive my reality, the way that I react according to my reality, the way that I decide, the way that I act. All of the action steps that I take in my life are ultimately according to what I perceive is going to bring me the most amount of benefits over drawbacks according to my hierarchy of values. And so from a very early age I started understanding human behavior mainly because I just wanted to understand how to get this girl back, you know, because I just wanted to I just wanted to find a way to to to. Be this girl's uh, boyfriend, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, from a very early age, I was going into healing. I was going into uh, self development and and psychology and understanding myself mainly because I just wanted to heal myself. You know,
1: amazing. Those are those are pretty intense uh, feelings and and topics that you were trying to understand at a young age looking back to your 11 and 12 year old self, what, what were the feelings and emotions that were kind of hitting you while going through all of this? Like, what did that feel like in the moment? Can you take us back there?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, wisdom is the immediate recognition. This, this is something that I learned uh, that John told me. He said, wisdom is the immediate recognition that a crisis is a blessing. And so, if you recall, I said I was blessed enough to be heartbroken at a very early age. I think that it, it was a blessing at that moment in time. It was definitely—I didn't perceive it that way. I saw it as a as a complete crisis. It was very um, surprising for my parents and for a lot of people to recognize the depth at which I was heartbroken. And it was just so surprising to to notice that a kid had fallen for a girl so much that he's been, he was crying for a whole year every day, you know, and it got so bad. I think a lot of other things accumulated, um, which I do not consider myself a victim of. It was just the form in which I perceived my reality and the way in which I assumed the responsibility in my participation within the dynamics that were bringing me pain. And I I wasn't uh, placed in a, in a I was very fortunate. I, I wasn't placed in a, in a background with, uh, with violence. You know, I didn't grow up in a household where, um, I had to deal with, with, a, an incredibly unstable relationship between my parents, or there was, uh, I had to worry about what I would eat the next day, but, you know, to each their own, you know, there's, there everyone goes through their different difficulties in life. And I think that we're all placed with different difficulties. And that was just one thing that I was very sensitive to. I was, was a very sensitive kid and, um, I was, I was incredibly heartbroken. And by the time I was 13, there was so many compounded emotions that I was, I was, um, I, I, I contemplated suicide because it was just so, so overwhelming to, to be constantly bombarded with insecurities and and lack of self-worth. And I was a late bloomer. And so I would obviously compare myself according uh, to, to all the other kids in school. And I would see myself as, as, as less, I was shorter than the majority of people. There were some rumors that had gone out where Um, I was bullied and, and it was just, I was going through a rough time. I went, I went through some, some tough phases. Um, obviously the, the people that, that were my bullies were people that I wanted to, wanted them to be my friends. Then sooner or later they turned out to be my friends because, um, I started fighting back, you know, and, and sooner or later we started kind of like earning each other's respect. And so um, there was, it was just a a difficult time, you know, and sometimes, I mean, difficult times is what creates leaders. And I, I, I I like to consider myself a leader. I like to see myself as a leader. Um, But that moment in time, those, the emotions that I was going through mainly consisted of a lot of, a lot of uh, self-judgment and self-insecurity regarding my authenticity. Right. Because I, I mean, it's not that I did it's not that I that I that I wanted to fit in consciously. I didn't know that I wanted to fit in, but at the same time it was like, why why are why am I not fitting in? And it was a combination of things. And 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 for me, it was ultimately in in essence, it was just a matter of 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 self-worth, you know, having the clarity to to recognize that I am worthy of being appreciated. I am worthy of being accepted. I am worthy of love. And even though my parents showed it to me, even though um, some of my friends showed it to me, I put people on pedestals and, and it was just something that I had to go through. It was just something that I normally, it, it's adolescence. If you look at the etymology of adolescence, it's, it actually means growth through pain. And so um, it was I think a, a, a painful experience. There was many painful experiences that I was going through at an early age. And it was simply a, a, a process of self-discovery. And I think that if you, if you tell me why did I go through that, I think because a deeper part of me actually longed for, for growth. And it knew that the only way that it would have to go for growth I think that there was a wiser aspect of me, a deeper, deeper higher-minded aspect of me um, that, that was, was longing for growth. And it knew that the only way it would grow is through challenge. And so I, I just unconsciously just challenged myself um, through, through placing so many emotional burdens on myself. And, and it led me to where I am today.
1: That's awesome. I love that you said difficult times create leaders in your opinion, because I think there's some people out there that may be listening to this, going through some really difficult times that they don't think they can get out of. uh, And maybe that gives them some hope to know that that will hopefully make them stronger, even if now it doesn't feel like it. I I love that you shared the etymology of adolescence, like where the word actually comes from to grow through pain, because Being a teenager is a very difficult, painful time in your life because all those emotions in your body and everything is changing so quickly and it's sometimes so hard to know, you know, where to, where to turn and how to feel about all that. So I like that you said difficult times create leaders because it makes them stronger if they can just push through and get over those tough days. Um, how did your parents help and coach you through those difficult emotions?
2: So, I mean, my dad my dad is very conventional so i mean he 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 was a he was very surprised he he was he actually didn't even know what to do um he just he was like son i don't know i i you know i i didn't go through that when i was your age you know i didn't go through what you're going through i don't understand what you're going through and he gave me he just gave me like he he <laughs> he just gave me like some of the most like uh, ridiculous advice that, that I got, like, I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it. So like, he, so he was just,
0: <laughs>
2: he just gave me some really ridiculous advice that is just like, you know, if you, if you, if you're going through that, you know, just, he was like, <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. Um, but
1: <laughs> it's okay. You don't. <laughs> you don't have to. I know my parents gave me some advice too that I uh, I still giggle about today. So you're fine. <laughs> so
2: no, 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 no. Is I mean, it's, I'm worrying. It like it's he's just gave me some in inna- inappropriate stuff. But um, but then um, but my mom, what she actually what what she did that my mom it served pretty well was just that she contained space. You know, um, I I would go come after school and she would she would uh I would I would lay on the couch and I would say you know I'm just so uncomfortable I'm just going through all of this stuff and I was just like so confused and I feel so bad about all this stuff and she was just laying there seeing me she she was just sitting seeing me lay on the couch and she's like well you look pretty comfortable on the couch <laughs> she was asking me all of these questions that would reveal to me the other side of what i was seeing so like i said it's because i'm so uncomfortable and she's like well you seem pretty comfortable on the couch and she was like it's because i feel so i don't feel so accepted you know she's like well you, you you seem pretty accepted by me you know like there, there was there was all this all of these um other side this this whole other side that it was that it was judging that that was um Challenging me to see the other that see the equilibrium. So it's like, oh, I'm getting, you know, whatever. I'm, I mean, I never told my mom that I was getting bullied at school because I always considered myself like a little tough kid. And so, because I was smaller, and they would hit me, I would try to hit them back, but I wouldn't hit them back in this in 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 just in the shoulder. I would like try to find the pressure points and just like try to hit them back. So that they would tell me like, oh, you have the really small fist, man, but you you hit hard. Um, and so I started learning how to demand respect from from my peers, but I was still very weird and, and controversial. I, I liked to dance, so when I danced in, in school, um, everybody was like, "Oh, you do you do the moonwalk?" And I was always I was always trying to just dance. I really liked dancing, and so I was honestly into trying to express myself authentically. And I think that what really happened was I was just turning into a controversial kind of figure in my, in my, in my, in my school. And that's why I started attracting kind of like all types of feedback.
1: Very cool. And I see, but, um, in your bio that you did things like boxing, high lines, skydiving, calisthenics, yoga, did your dance and all the other, the great energy that you seem to have translate into those additional hobbies. Yeah.
2: So the girl that I so at that at that age the uh, the girl that I liked was way more athletic than I did. I she, she could she'd run like a 5 minute mile. She was just doing into three sports and I was a late bloomer and so girls hit puberty let, uh, earlier than men. So I was always trying to become um really fit. And so you at 13 years old I could do 80 pushups and I was going into breakdance and I was going, I was starting to get really intense. And I think that my emotions caused me to be even more intense. And so ultimately that led me into channeling all of my later in the later years, when I was 17 and and 18, all of the testosterone that I was building was turning into competitive aggressiveness and I was turning into very aggressive. And so I started going into boxing because I was uh, becoming very aggressive. And so this dance started channeling into boxing and I started channeling all my energy through sports and through physical um, and physical outlets. And so, yeah, I'm pretty intense. I, I like doing extreme sports. Recently, my new hobby that I want to get into more is a, is a surfing. I've been loving that. And, and so, yeah, the physical empowerment definitely for me was something that, led me to become who I am today. Physical empowerment was my dream. You know, it's just it was everything for me at that age.
1: Nice. And I have to ask that girl from when you were 11. <laughs> are you do you still <laughs> know her? Are you still in contact with her at all?
2: Um we're I mean, yeah, we know each other. We're friends. I mean, I I'm just thank I'm thankful for the the experience that mm-hmm. we that that I went through at that age. Yeah. And and I'm 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 grateful for what for what happened and, and it was just you know, they say the guru guru is the person that takes you from darkness to the light. So in in a certain sense, she was my guru. She she told without me knowing it, right? She yeah. played that role. Is she served me to awaken to my own magnificence and my own self worth and to awaken me to in order for me to honor my path and honour myself.
1: Awesome. and I'm just curious each culture sees mental health a little bit differently what is the yeah. what what are the thoughts about mental health in Mexico
2: um well it's very uh it's it's I, I think that there's there's a lot of of judgment around it there's definitely a lot of judgment around it people um, don't want to be seen as I mean, in in where I am from, people don't want to be seen as uh, having some type of mental health uh, problem. And so it's very neglected, very repressed. And so there's a lot, especially in the community that I'm in, there's a lot of, 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 of people that are hurt, that are carrying pain with them. And they don't really, because they want to, because it's just such a judgmental society, it's so difficult to open up about it and it, there's definitely either you're either you're crazy it's like either you're crazy or like there's 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 something wrong with you and you're estás malito you know you're like you're like you're you're not functional but there's never an acceptance that says regular people have regular mental health issues you know it's kind of like a little bit taboo the way that i've noticed it's it's a little bit taboo
1: Totally. Yeah, we've talked to a lot of people from all over the world. And and, um, there's so many different perspectives uh, on mental health and where it comes from. There's an amazing woman that uh, published a documentary about mental health in the black community because it was seen as like a white disease at the beginning, like something that only Caucasians experience with uh, mental health and depression and things like that. But it's really Mm. all throughout culture. We're humans, right? So um, we are going to take our first commercial break and then we'll be back in just a few minutes.
2: All right.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out globalteenwealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a a free gift when you join, or you can call us at 1 855 866 That's 1 855 866 8336. We're here to get you started on your future. are tuned in to teen wealth radio to join in the conversation send an email to brandy at global teen that's brandy with an i at global teen now back to this week's show.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're still here talking to Sebastian. Sebastian has had an incredible amount of accomplishments in his young life, uh, starting around 13, beginning to train on how he could help people. Uh, I just think it's fantastic. And at 24, he's here to talk to us about his journey. Um, Sebastian, I was looking at your website, and I noticed that you have a law degree and just a few different things that you've done and credentials that you have. Can you tell me about why you went for law?
2: Yeah, well um so naturally from an early age started going into human behavior and through human behavior i started going into physical empowerment and so it was very like completely off the line that i was that i was on because i was i wanted to be an athlete i wanted to be a professional athlete that was what i was wanting to turn into and so uh, studying law was completely off the off off the line of what I was going for. But ultimately, school I began to understand was a system. School was a system that was creating the space and an environment in order for me to understand myself and for me to be able to know how to um, deal with stress and responsibility. It was, it was like a little test that taught me to. Uh, it was like a little life test it was that taught me to um, deal with responsibilities, accountability and 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 stress. And so I started sooner than later unraveling the fact that it's a system and 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 you know i was I was kind of i was I, I was kind of rebellious towards it because I started thinking I don't need the system like I don't if I offer something of value to someone, why would I need the system in order for me to be evaluated and and judged and accepted into some place why can't i just be a person of value that offers value to somebody and they can they can hire me or they can pay me for my services regardless of of how i qualified by a a a, a, a point system that 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 qualifies me you know and so i started Noticing that later, Alera was actually pretty interested in, in, in understanding the whole system. And so, law degree is, is, is practically understanding the system. And so, when you begin to understand the system, then that's when you begin to learn how to dance with it and begin to understand how and why human behavior is, is, is regulated. Because at the end of the day, that's what laws are. Laws create the margin... For regulation of human behavior, so that when people fall under extre- fall under extreme behaviors, or you want to avoid uh, certain behaviors, you create a regulation. And so the law is is a regulation of human behavior. So I was already into understanding human behavior at an early age i was already into uh, into physical empowerment i knew that i wanted to do something with physical empowerment my dad was a lawyer and my dad said look if you begin to under if you begin to develop a, uh, a jurisdictional criteria you will be able to take uh, financial decisions and decisions in your future with greater certainty because the number one Uh, business partner that you're going to have in your life is 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 the government that's what he said because the government is always going to be involved in your businesses because you have taxes and so when you begin to understand how to um how to create agreements written agreements and you begin to understand how to relate with the, the the system that's when you begin to understand how you can um how you can how you can use the system to your favor and and this is something that I began to 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 look into, especially because my dad was 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 explaining to me, and and ultimately my dad um, offered me to pay me to, to to study law under certain agreements, right? So he said, if you have, so I, here in in Mexico we have like a, a points, so there's like ninety. Uh, an 80 uh, 70 or like 95 or 93 or like there's different points it's like a hundred a hundred uh, points type um, grades it's not like a B's and C's and a pluses and a minuses you just have uh, points and so he said if you if you pass all your classes if you pass all your classes you get a base baseline of money um, but if you have any class, any point that you have below ninety, you pay me one hundred eighty-five pesos for every point that you have below a ninety, which is like an A. So he would pay me for every point that I had above an A, and if I had a point below an A, I would have to pay him. And so it was a it was a nice um, it was a nice negotiation that that imp, that propelled me to have. Uh, more concentration in school because I was, I was winning some money, but I, at, the, at the same time I was running the risk of losing some money. There was, there was some semesters, there was some, uh, yeah, some semesters that I needed to, to, <laughs> to pay my dad, you know, uh, cause I was slacking a little bit, but it was a nice agreement. And I went into law mainly because of that, because I, first I wanted to understand my dad better. I wanted to learn from my dad and also because um it's not an obsolete uh, degree. You know, there's some degrees that the information that you're learning from the degrees are going to ultimately become irrelevant. But if you study, it, it, there, there's certain degrees that are, they're, they're not obsolete because they help you develop the criteria. So like being a doctor, for example, will help you develop the criteria of a doctor, a, a medicine Um, medicine doctor so it it will help you develop the criteria of your doctor and so independently of what information you're exposed to you'll be able to know how to filter the information and understand it and the workload that you're that you went through in college is going to help you know how to research is going to help you develop skills because some people they go into universities With the wrong idea thinking, oh, I'm going to become a specialist in a certain area. And it's not really about becoming a specialist in a certain area. It's more like a playground. University is a playground in which you learn how to deal with stress, in which you learn how to deal with accountability. You learn how to deal with responsibility. When you come out of the university, you practically learned how to apply knowledge through tests and you knew how to uh, investigate. You started developing skills. And those are the skills that 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 will ultimately serve you in real life um the education system uh, y- you know there's there's a lot of controversy regarding the education system because so many people say oh you know the ob- the education system is obsolete i wouldn't go so far as to say it's obsolete honestly because it develops certain qualities it develops the quality for you to be able to manage stress and accountability and responsibility and learn how to apply knowledge when you learn how to do that, and you learn how to be disciplined, and you learn how to how to take on a workload, that is something very important, independently of whatever path you take in life. If you go to university or not, life is going to be hard. You're going to have to discipline yourself and be accountable and be responsible, and and know how to deal with stress. And so I took it as that. You know, I took university as that. I try, tried to understand university as that. Rather than oh you know I'm gonna become specialist in information, and I knew that there's different criterias that you're that that are not obsolete. So maybe for example, engineering is something that isn't obsolete. You're always gonna understand it. Um, I mean it's it's a criteria that you're always going to need in 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 a certain context. I knew I didn't want. To, I was very good at math, but I didn't want to go into engineering. Um, a lawyer, you know, understanding maybe even accountant, accounting or understanding um, economy or understanding, um, you know, uh, being a doctor. All of these different thing all of these different um, degrees or or pursuits, I was looking at them in terms of what criteria am I going to develop through Understanding it, and so I studied law for mainly that reason because I wanted to have a jurisdictional criteria.
1: Amazing! Thank you for that. That's very interesting what you what you said. I like it. It It's like a means to an end of studying law to get to you to where you want to be. And I love what your dad did. I think that's so fun i would have paid back every single semester because i was a c student the entire way through high school <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> so
2: yeah, well
1: done on on did you break even at the end or did you make a little uh, money no i
2: actually i actually yeah i made i made some money at the end i mean i i, yeah, I made oh. some money the last semesters were hard you know i was breaking even in the last semesters but
1: that's amazing that's awesome did you struggle yeah. in any subjects at all
2: well it it's just this is This goes back to my understanding of human behavior. So, you know, if you judge a a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll think its whole life it's stupid, right? So what's really important was something that I learned from, from John was understanding my hierarchy of values and understanding what is ultimately and authentically important to me. And so the things that are authentically important to me are ultimately what I excel at. And so whenever there's a there was a class that I didn't see what uh, was aligned to my hierarchy of values I would pay less attention to I would I would retain less I would uh, I would be more lazy in so it's not that I didn't I couldn't excel at that class it was just that I wasn't genuinely interested in that class because it wasn't genuinely aligned to my hierarchy of values and so I started learning how to do linking. And this is something that happens a lot with a student with, with students. You know, they're labeled ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder, ADHD, Attempt, Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder. And what happens is they say, oh, it's because he can't concentrate. But then the kid can go to school, can go home, and he can focus on a video game for three hours straight. And he can practically tell you, he can recall all the information that he saw in the video game. And it's not that the kid has attention deficit disorder. It's just that the kid has a very specific hierarchy of values. And it's not that he can't concentrate. It's just that he can't concentrate on what the teacher wants him to concentrate. So what a, What a really, what, when, what an amazing teacher does is that she or he recognizes the hierarchy of values of their students and recognizes what is authentically important to their students. And, begins to communicate the information of the class, the knowledge that they're going to learn, he begins to communicate it according to their hierarchy of values. And and he or she begins to communicate it according to the hierarchy of value of the students. Now, me, I was the other way around. My teachers didn't know that. They just said the information. They didn't care. Um, But when we begin to have... An understanding that ultimately, our, 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 our teacher is saying information that will serve me as a student. Have a greater evolution in my own hierarchy of priorities. That's when I begin to actually absorb the information. So I would always hold myself accountable, and I would say, okay, what specific Topics, am I not interested in in school? What am I slacking? So I would see all of these things that I would slack in, and then I would begin to find the way in which those that information was relevant to the things that are authentically important to me. Now, this is an easier said than done, but it's definitely doable when you begin to understand that the information that you're being revealed or the information that you're being taught. Is serving you fulfill that which is most important to you authentically, you begin to have greater interest for the material. Now that doesn't make the hard any the class any easier. It's still gonna be hard. Doesn't make the it doesn't make the 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 workload any lighter. It's still gonna be heavy, but now you're going to have a reason why transcend the difficulty. It's it's gonna serve. It's gonna help you have a big enough why that will serve you in paying the price and surpassing the obstacles and the difficulties that come along with going through that class. And obviously, there's still going to be a struggle. But for me, when I noticed that when I could see that this information, independently of how much I struggled, was going to serve me, that's when I began to still do the homework, still do the work, still study for the, the the exam. And it was ultimately the discipline that I started developing because when the why is big enough, the how takes care of itself. So I was just concentrating on becoming aware of how the information that I was being taught was serving me according to that, which is most important to me.
1: Gotcha, thank you for sharing that. Um you're You're becoming such a leader yourself in your own respective rights. Um, I would just love to I mean you've got so many questions to ask you. you've You've met so many people from different walks of life like business executives, established artists, chiropractors, doctors, entrepreneurs, healers. Um, as a young person, often we're afraid or someone that's even older that's shy is afraid to approach people that could be mentors, successful business people, et cetera how did you get over that fear to open those doors to say, Hey, I'd like to learn from you.
2: There is, you know, sometimes we are too humble to admit that what we see in others we have within ourselves. And it's an act of humility to honor your own magnificence also. So when you have the humility to recognize your own magnificence, that's when you can give yourself the permission to be playing in the same playing field as those people, and when you ultimately have a, a pure intention, and you have a a, a humility towards the, the 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 understanding and 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 the humility towards learning from that individual. There's 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 nothing more rewarding for someone that has an expertise than to be able to transmit their, their legacy and their knowledge and everything that they're know that they've known into the hands of someone that will cherish that knowledge. I think that it is within every wise man's dream to be able to uh, uh, pour their wisdom onto, um, on, onto their, their, their disciples for it to say it in that poetic sense. And I think that whenever we're placed towards a mentor, I think that when we have that humility towards ourselves to say, you know, I'm learning and this is something that is magnificent, that's when we have the bravery and the courage to ask for help and ask for um, for something to learn from, somebody to learn from
1: sure what would if so we have one minute before commercial break I'm just curious if you even now saw someone just in the street or in the mall or at a conference or something that you wanted to network with um how would you start the conversation do you have one question that you ask or some way that you pique their interest
2: yeah well something that I learned from uh (laughs) Jordan Belfort which was you gotta be enthusiastic as hell sharp as a tack And an expert in your field. And so sometimes if we're not experts in our field because we want to learn from somebody, you just gotta, you know, you just gotta have the bravery, um, to, to, to simply be, you know, enthusiastic as hell and sharp as attack and, and simply show up. You know, 80% of the work is just to show up. You just gotta show up. So if you give yourself permission to break the ice and, open yourself up, you know, strength is in and bon- being vulnerable when you can be vulnerable. That's where you're truly being strong. So I think that that's, that's what it really comes down to.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. We're just going to go to our last commercial break and we'll be back in just a couple minutes.
0: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com hey you yeah you are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out globalteenwealth.org and start the life of your dreams dreams today don't forget to mention teen wealth radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN that's 1-855-866-8336 globalteenwealth.org we're here to get you started on your future Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Tuned into Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at Global Teen com That's Brandy with an I at Global Teen com Now, back to this week's show.
1: Hi, everybody. We're still here with Sebastian, and we have about 10 minutes left before the end of the show. So, I want to get some advice for any of our listeners out there from Sebastian. So, Sebastian, I'd like to start with teachers. If there are teachers listening and they teach teens, <laughs> what kind of tips or, or I don't know, what, what advice would you like to give them to help them as teachers help their teenagers to become leaders and and to foster these, this knowledge that you, you seem to have gotten at a young age? How can they help? young people as teachers?
2: I think that it's that being a a teenager has a lot to do with socializing. And when teachers can in some way or another serve their students, see that becoming leaders consists of putting in the most amount of yourself into what you genuinely love because something, you know, maybe it's someone that really is into sports is not going to love math class, you know, or maybe someone that is really into um, math is not going to be deeply into, you know, their English class. But when the, when teachers can ultimately Transmit the knowledge that being focused on that which is truly and authentically most important to you and, and giving it and giving your best and giving your all into that which you love doing is ultimately going to, what's going to position you as a leader with your friends and, and in some way or another, being able to communicate through the their body language and through their tonality and through the way that they teach that understanding the material of the class and understanding the you know the 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 topic of the of the of of the class um, is going to serve them become. Leaders that are gonna that's gonna serve them to position themselves as um, leaders in in their in their social context. I think that that's something that it's gonna help you know adolescents strive for greatness. You know, I think that that's something awesome. that's really important.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And what about for parents? What's the same thing? What can they do to help foster leadership skills and things like that? I know parents are some people were not. You know, maybe meant to be parents, but they became parents and they, they don't have the tools maybe to pass on to their young, their young future leader, um, how they can, they can grow. What, what are your thoughts?
2: Hold them accountable. Hold your children accountable. Don't treat them like victims. Don't treat them like they're disempowered. Like if they, like if they have, uh, like if they're lacking in anything, treat them like geniuses, you know, treat them like if they're, like if they're capable of doing anything. Treat them like they're like they're capable of, of greatness and hold them accountable. Hold them accountable to what they say they're gonna do, hold them accountable to what they what they want to achieve in their life. I think that when 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 we when when parents begin to overprotect their children, is they, they, they begin to come up with excuses and justifications as to why becoming mediocre. And and I think that when 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 parents are holding their children accountable and saying hey you said you wanted to do this how are you going with that hey um you, you you know kind of like being supportive when they're going through challenge and being challenged when they're going through some support you know when they're going through easy times maybe put put a little bit of challenge and when they're going through hard times give them some support but always hold them accountable to their perceptions to their reactions to their decisions, to their actions and, and listen, you know, listen and see their behaviors, you know, and, and notice what they're authentically, what they authentically value. And don't just try to like project your hierarchy of values onto what they're supposed to do and try to honor what's truly most important to them, but hold them accountable to what's, to what they say they want to do.
1: Absolutely. And what about for the young person themselves? What would you empower them to do?
2: There's a beautiful saying that i always told myself when I was younger. It says, when the voice and the vision on the inside is louder than the judgments and opinions on the outside, you have mastered your life. You know, you have begun to master your life. And I think that that's very relevant. When you're an adolescent, there's, there's just so much... To discover about yourself. But when you can tap into that voice and that vision on the inside, I think that it's when you can begin to have inner mastery and inner governance. And you begin to have the fundamentals of what being a master in life consists of. Every since I was a child, I wanted to be a master in life. And I knew that that's something very difficult because very few people actually achieved it. And it ultimately came from being willing to listen to the voice and the vision on the inside and not be affected by the judgments and opinions and the peer pressure on the outside. And so that'd be one. And what I would also say is honor your authenticity and honor who you authentically are and recognize, and this is a lot for, for 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 boys for men to honor the fact that you're an alpha and you have the capacity to fulfill whatever it is that you want to fulfill in your life and become a a a, a man of value and become the prize you know in in any area of your life become the prize for a lot of the girls that you want to have in your life. And the girls, I would also encourage them to recognize that your value is not just measured in how much attention and validation you receive from other people, but it is, it is, is your value is measured by how well you can manage adversity. And, you know, I think that when, when adolescents begin to understand that everyone else is also trying to figure it out, you know, not, not every, you're not lost, you know, everybody, everybody is trying to figure it out too. And you begin to understand that the, 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 the answers come from the voice and the vision on the inside and they come from your heart and you can begin to listen to your heart. That's where that's where you excel. That's where you shine. And that's what ultimately is going to serve you, lead your life with certainty and simplicity and gratitude and freedom. And that's what it's about. You know, it's about enjoying life, being congruent to your heart's desires.
1: Nice. I like that. Um, is there, are, if you could pick like a couple small steps, like little things, not, you know, Not the big picture stuff, but little things that teenagers could do each and every single day to try and open themselves up to, you know, some of the opportunities that you've had or just being more confident and and being able to step up and and speak for themselves. What would you what would you offer them?
2: One, try to get rejected at least twice a day. You know, just just try to get rejected. Just do something that got that do, do something that you genuinely I mean, not 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 like do something controversial or or like do something just to get people's attention. No, no, no. Like actually do something that you genuinely want to do that you're actually afraid of doing that because you're going to get, because you feel that you're going to get rejected, do it at least twice a day. You know, go talk to that girl or, or go talk to that guy or, um, speak your mind against something that, 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 that you're not in agreement with and simply, open up and 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 get rejected another thing that i would definitely put into um into play is exercise you know if you're stressed exercise if you i mean exercising is something that is going to ultimately serve you build self-confidence and it's going to serve you to have um a good outlet for all the hormones that you're building a lot of the stuff that adolescents are going through is just (laughs) the symptoms of hormones developing you don't even know what you're thinking it's just (laughs) hormones and so um when we begin to exercise we can kind of channel those hormones and um so exercise get rejected and then last but not least invest ten thousand hours into something look at something that you really want to become an expert and a master at and recognize that you have so much time on your hands. So set your mind to something that you want to master, that you want to put 10,000 hours in and put an hour into it every day.
1: Absolutely. I love that. And some young people don't really know what it is that they want to do with that yet. But, um, you know, I just figure try a little bit of everything and play until you find something that kind of sticks. And then, try that. And if it doesn't work, then try something else and that you become a well-rounded person, even if nothing sticks immediately. And I love that you said, um, get rejected at least twice a day, because there's, I think that's one of our biggest fears as human beings is if we ask for something that we want or talk to somebody that we're afraid to talk to that will get rejected and getting over that is lovely, but it's sometimes hard to do. Um, you know, when you're struggling with your mental health or learning about your body or whatever it might be. So, um, we only have one and a half minutes left before the end of the show. So I was just curious if you could give, like if the entire world had to stop moving and they had to give you one piece or sorry, you had to give them one piece of advice and they would all have to listen. What would your one piece of advice to the entire world be?
2: Mm, That's a beautiful question. I'd say, Take no credit, take no blame, concentrate on chief aim. Thank you. I love you is the name of the game.
1: Very nice. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us. And what's your social media so people can follow you if they want to learn more.
2: At Driving Consultations.
1: Awesome. That'll be in the bio as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Sebastian. I really appreciate all your knowledge and, and your success this far in life. It's awesome to hear you, uh, you know, share share your moments with your dad and at 11 getting broken up with, and, and that propels you on a, on a path to some great things. Cause I know there's some young people out there that maybe are, are feeling that rejection at this point in their life. And, and hopefully you've given them some, some hope. So thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Yeah. Thank you.
1: All right. Everybody see you same time, same place next week. Team Wealth Radio live at five on Mondays. Thanks everyone. <laughs>